0: So, this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. i'm ready i hit record <laughs> oh shit
1: okay i hit record here we go um <laughs> here we go welcome to feature creep colon
0: built-in microwaves colon. uh
1: your family legacy is vacuum clean no your what is it <laughs>
0: vacuum cl- vacuum cleaner design
1: yeah well no but comma you- comma yes vacuum cleaner design comma <clears throat>
0: Jeff Bridges is a national treasure. National uh, treasure, Jeff Bridges. National tre- <clears throat> tre- treasure, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, uh, so this is about this is about how all my family heirlooms are rainbows.
1: Ostensibly, all of your family heirlooms are rainbows. However, <clears throat> what it's actually about is this shirt I'm wearing that references an obscure Jeff Bridges movie. Uh, well, yes. maybe not that obscure, depending on who you are. Um, yeah,
0: depending on but, <clears throat> depending on what kind of nerd parents you had growing up,
1: right? But the movie Tron, um, which I could talk extensively about, but I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing a Flynn's Arcade T-shirt, so yes, um, we'll get into that more later. So uh, <laughs> vacuum cleaner design. More importantly, or less vacuum importantly,
0: de- <clears throat> so there's a few things I need to say up front. Um, yes, my family is obsessed with rainbow vacuum cleaners. Yes, and. Rainbow vacuum cleaners are not really vacuum cleaners. They're like air filters. Um <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure that the Rainbow, Rainbow vacuum company is like an MLM. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Um
0: or like used to be. Like they're it's... so they're called Rainbow canister vacuums and <clears throat> they are you can get them on Amazon now apparently. Oh. Uh or reconditioned ones. the it's called if you go to rainbowsystem.com and i'm not in this mlm like i'm not part of this capitalist cult yeah um but my whole family my aunt got into this like thing and she was selling these rainbow vacuums and so my grandma bought a bunch of them and gave them to all of the family members like Uh, all of the kids yeah and so everybody in our family ended up with a rainbow vacuum cleaner my parents got one um, All my aunts and uncles got them. Anyway, uh, we now have two at my house because over time I've inherited more and more of them. Mm-hmm. So I started out with one that was from like the 70s. That's like as old as I am. And now I just recently added to that. I mean, the first one still works great. So I'm keeping it. And when it eventually dies, I'll switch over to the one that was made in like the 80s or 90s that I now have. Yeah. <clears throat> but they never go bad. They never fall apart. <clears throat> they've got this water pan in them and they're so like you vacuum and it sucks the air through a hose into like a water bong yeah and it's this like pan of water and the water like traps all of the dust and particulate and crud that you have vacuumed up and then it sends this like tornado vortex of air upwards from the pan through this turbine engine that forces it through a hepa air filter and it clean air comes out the top
1: yeah wow
0: it's very elaborate (laughs) so
1: interestingly um i imagine if people are listening to this they're like okay well when are they going to mention dyson because that's like the big like design darling right right now right or has been for many years so i i just learned this so i was just um getting on the googler and i googled the um (laughs) i i look i actually i went on the wikipedia and so Rex Air is the parent company or the company that markets and sells um rainbow rainbow systems yeah um
0: they're n- they're not a vacuum, they're a system yeah they're a system for cleaning the air in your home
1: and so- according to wikipedia in nineteen in the nineteen twenties um mm-hmm. uh a man named John W. Newcomb invented a device that separated dust and particulates from the air. He called his new invention the Newcomb se- separator. Um, and so it, it, if you're at all familiar with Dyson vacuum cleaners, this is going to sound kind of familiar. A Newcomb separator has a cup-shaped part at the center that spins at high speed, creating a centrifugal force. Air can be pulled through the holes in the separator while anything with weight is effectively thrown outward from the separator, trapping it at the bottom of the machine. Um and so the air cleaning device led to changes in the method of collecting dust and contaminants from the home and workplace. So essentially um Dyson advertises this same kind of concept where the air spins around in a, like what's what they describe as a vortex where heavier particulate matter is forced to the outside and only the clean air can kind of exit the vortex, right? So the heavier air is sort of spun or sorry, the heavier particulates like the (coughs) pollen particulates and various Mm -hmm. antigen or uh, not antigens, um, various uh, allergens, allergens and pollutants and whatever dirt flung out of the air and falls to the bottom of the canister. So it sounds like the rainbow system actually adds more to that, which is, it has sort of this, uh, this water component, which then of course, uh, you know, collects more and more of the dirt, right? Or more right. of the more of the undesired <clears> particular <throat> matter. So um, I think that's pretty fascinating. I also think that that is... Um, it's interesting, like, if you're familiar at all with the Dyson design, where they have these, like, series of, like, sort of tornado-type vortexes that they create, <clears throat> um, where it does the same thing, except they don't have water, a water component. Right. Um,
0: yeah, and somebody else I knew had a family member that was into some other sort of like crazy vacuum cult Mm -hmm. and it was very similar to the rainbow but didn't have the same sort of water feature Mm -hmm. and like over the years what has really impressed me about the rainbow vacuums is a a few things one is that most of the components are built out of metal yeah like they're very fucking sturdy um Some of the trim and stuff is plastic and to be fair over time it wears away like sure. these come you set so there's this big canister that sits on top of the water pan and creates like a complete air seal around the top of the water pan just like right. you know if you if you smoke weed and you smoke a bong like you do that at the top of the bong with your face right. and so the idea is that you create suction and so <clears throat> anything there's the point at which you're creating suction and then below that is a pan of water. And then outside of that is a way for stuff to like enter the water through the suction. I don't know if I'm describing this very well. It's hard to describe, but any, if you haven't seen a bong, then you, you don't know. And if you have, you know exactly what this vacuum cleaner is doing. So like the part where you would light the bowl is the part where there's the hose that goes out and sucks stuff in. Yeah. And then like, the part where you would suck on the top of the bong is the part where the vacuum cleaner attaches. Anyway, it like draws all this stuff through, like if you want to vacuum a carpet, there's yeah. a vacuumer that has the little bristles that spin around really fast and brush the carpet fibers. Uh-huh. That thing plugs into the vacuum canister that sits on top of the water. So it's electrified.
1: Right, right.
0: So that it's, so it's like, power. <clears throat> like powered. Like yeah, powered. Yeah. Power's on its own. Um, If you're just using like a wand attachment to do dusting or whatever, it's just the suction that is created from the vortex of the canister vacuum that sits on top of the water. Yeah. But it's super powerful. Like it's crazy powerful. And because everything that passes through the vacuum passes through water anyway, you can use it to shampoo your carpets.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So it's a wet dry vac too.
1: Yeah. No, that's really cool. And there's been
0: a lot of things that I found really easy to clean up with it because it was like a nasty wet mess. And you're like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. This vacuum cleaner is built for that. And you just like, whoop, not a, not a problem. You just suck it right up. Right. Right. And then if you don't have a lot of particulate, like if you have, I don't know, like just dust and stuff that comes out of corners in your house and things like that you can flush that down the toilet if you want but I usually end up with like lots of cat hair and like pet fur and like yeah. sand and things Right. Um, and that you don't want to put down your drains because it'll get all stuck and stuff so you have right. to pour that outside but you just pour it into the grass and it just decomposes I mean it's as long as there's nothing toxic in there there shouldn't be any to- anything like like if you're toxic normally your
1: vacuuming your house right like yeah. this is mostly just yeah, the dust is- and dirt and dead skin mm-hmm. cells and whatever that's coming right yeah yeah
0: so i just put that outside in the garden and just dump it out in the grass and it's fine um so yeah now i have this brand new rainbow and like i love these things i've never really been an evangelist for particular products Uh you know what i mean i'm just not that into stuff sure but i can't imagine ever owning anything i'm never gonna have to another buy another vacuum for the rest of my life
1: yeah no you're i mean
0: i'm doubled up on vacuums now and damon has a kirby
1: I used to have, is it one that plugs in or is it a... Uh, yeah,
0: it plugs in and it weighs like 600 pounds.
1: Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: That one I don't favor so much because it has a bag. And the bags for me are like, they work up to the point that you have to do something with the bag and then you just undo a bunch of the work that you just did, unhooking the bag and getting the bag fluff everywhere. Are you... Does that happen? Or are, those, are the bags on your Kirby easy to use? Yeah. Oh, he says the bags in the Kirby are easy to use. I haven't tried using it yet. It just got up here from Texas.
1: Yeah, so um there those are the those are the kinds of vacuum cleaners that are favored by um people that uh that like do cleaning on a regular basis, like that like do it for yes. work. So like yes. hotels oftentimes have those. Um mm-hmm. my grandmother had one. I have to say that although it's really heavy, um they are very effective uh yes. they're just Heck yes they just really suck like at the peak of all vacuum cleaners like there's these sort of industrial like Kirby's and i there's yeah. another brand um they're all kind of the basic basically the same thing they just have a big industrial electric motor and a fan that just creates a lot of airflow and then you just have a big filter bag and it and you just blow all of the dust in there and they just mm-hmm. they just work i mean it's a very simple um yeah and I will say, like in comparison to say uh like I own a dyson, I got sucked into that um yeah. early on, and i'm I'm perfectly happy with it. I will say like at the at the price point, it's a little more than like other commercially or like sort of consumer level vacuum cleaners, but it is better than those, but I don't know that it's better than a kirby the do The thing that I do like about it and and this is this is like most of the things I choose in my life. Like it doesn't have a battery. So yep. that's never going to go bad. And it doesn't have a bag, which means that I can vacuum at any point and I'm not going to be like, fuck my bag is full. And now it's going to interrupt the, like my moment of vacuuming. Cause my problem of course is always that, um, a shit sits for a long time in my life. Like, yes. you know, months will go by and I won't have vacuumed. Shut up everybody. Um, <laughs> And and like all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, fuck, like this house is disgusting. I need to vacuum and I'll have this like fit of like vacuuming. But if Mm -hmm. if I don't have a bag available for it, then Mm -hmm. that will disrupt that and it might not happen for another month. Right. And so I can't rely on that to, you know, you you see what I'm saying. So like it works for me. Um, Yes. I mean, arguably, that's where a, a. A rainbow vacuum would also work, right?
0: A rainbow vacuum would also work. The only thing that you would have to be careful of is that you remembered to empty the water immediately after you were done vacuuming. Because right. if you let it sit, it, it will just... Awful. C- it, it's in the room temperature air, right? So it cre- yeah. it creates like this very awesome seal inside of this canister vacuum. Um, but if you leave it sitting there, it will rust the motor of the vacuum, which sits right over the canister. Oh. I mean, or right over the pan oh, of water. It- because it's what it creates the, the seal around the water and it's what draws the air through the water in a column up into the vacuum HEPA filter. So like if you if it's sucking at the time there's all this airflow it's not going to get it's not going to have standing like um condensation or evaporation just sitting on the surface of the motor it's like sucking the air through and so right. the motor's not getting wet or if it does it dries instantly because there's so much airflow and right. so um it's meant to be used in that way and it's meant to be in close contact but <clears throat> If two things, you know, like a couple of things can make this go horribly awry. One is if you just let it sit there for any length of time with the water in close contact, right. because then it's going to rust the motor because right. there's no airflow and it's going to corrode everything. And two, if you tip over the vacuum while you're using it by accident, you have to tip it up very quickly before gotcha. it's like yeah. sitting there in water right. um, because it'll just drown out the engine. And the, uh, the vacuum itself... The canister sits on top of the water pan and attaches to it with clips, like the lid on a cooler, for instance. You mm-hmm. know how you like latch it so that it doesn't come open? Right. So yeah, you clamp the vacuum cleaner down onto the pan of water with these little clips on either side... And then you set that whole thing on this little rolly cart that has wheels so that you can pull it through your house behind you because it's very heavy with this canister of water, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's got its own little traveling system. But if you run into like a, a door frame transition or something where the floor is uneven yeah. and the wheels get stuck and your inertia will just tip the canister over forward rather than you know, staying put because the wheels get stuck on that lip of something and then the canister keeps going with you as you move forward vacuuming un- unaware of this and then the whole canister falls over sideways. And if it's latched, it doesn't spill, but the engine gets wet. <laughs> right.
1: right. Yeah. So. so I see. So it's got some <laughs> it's got some design uh, considerations, some things to consider. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, the things
0: that make it highly effective also make it highly susceptible <laughs> and fragile right, in some strange ways. <laughs>
1: right. Right. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, but it's it's incredibly well constructed, and like I said, I'm f- over forty years old, and this vacuum I think is the same age as me, and it's still going like crazy. I we didn't use it for like three and a half years when we were out on the west coast, uh-huh. and I came home and I turned it on, and it was like. <laughs> just like fired up like an airplane uh-huh. engine. like that's what it sounds like it sounds like an airplane oh, you've funny. heard it i think oh I yeah yeah while no, I'm here yeah yeah and i love having it because like if people are allergic to, to pets and they come to my house i can vacuum with this and basically get like tons of allergens right out of the air and out of the like as i'm vacuuming i'm not making more of the problem by spreading it around you know?
1: right yeah no it's very effective um for sure i i've I've had allergy problems when I've come to stay with you um but those have always been in the context of you're like I didn't have time to vacuum basically <laughs> you're, <laughs> like, right. you're like I'm really sorry and then it's like you know it's no problem like we'd vacuum and and uh, you know yeah. take care of it um and to be fair I think that was mostly when um when Chuck was still kicking around and he yeah. he was um, and also you guys were living in an RV and it was like super close quarters and um <laughs> yes. You know, not that it was no airfo- not that I'm <laughs> complaining. Like it was just, you know, now it was like, sub.
0: It was suboptimal. We can e- we can say that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was suboptimal. Um, I I mean, my point is like I still very much enjoyed my visits, and uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so the uh, yeah, so the whole thing with the rainbow vacuum is pretty interesting. Like I'm I'm reading about this Rex Air thing um so this company yeah. was like started in the early 1920 or this this concept was designed started in the early 1920s um there were some other people who joined and uh joined the company and then um like like this company has some really interesting history like in 1941 <laughs> um yeah. during the war uh uh rex air and martin perry um this company, Martin Perry Corporation of Toledo, Ohio produced Mm -hmm. radar cases, rocket launchers and ship partitions and linings and ship partitions and linings to aid the war effort. Like just really, I, I find, I find kind of that kind of history interesting for companies um, that made it through that period because oftentimes like they had good fallout from like, you know, being contracted for stuff like that. Um, Yes. And it is interesting to see how like, wealth kind of corrupts or, or sort of skews things. It, it's hard to say whether it's corrupted when we're talking about a capitalist system where it's like, well, is it like the context is king in terms of like what you mean by corruption, right? Like, is it corrupt that the company capitalized on its opportunity, got a bunch of wealth and then used mm-hmm. that wealth to continue to generate more wealth? Like that is that is sort of a... You know, you could argue whether that's like philosophically meets like true capitalism, but that's certainly the capitalism that we practice or the sort sort of, yes, you know, that is the thing that our system currently supports strongly. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, companies that that got a start like that and then profiteered in, you know, basically war profiteering. um, Yes. You know, you can't. whether that's power corrupting or whether that's just like, well, that's an obvious outcome of the fact that, you know, you incentivize people to profit off of war. Like,
0: um, right. Like yes. System. You laid a trail of breadcrumbs and now don't be surprised if we eat them and right. follow it. Yes. <laughs> right? Right.
1: <laughs> like, you know, like objectively or not objectively, but you know morally speaking it's definitely wrong like i don't know it it's wrong from the perspective of profit profiting off of people's deaths and and you know war in general is not great because it it incentivizes more war right um yeah or more violence and that's i think most people would argue that's probably not a good thing um anyway anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting um you know and my
0: rainbow vacuum hands are bloody
1: tainted in blood right <laughs> um i mean that's it who's to say like you know i guess i guess they make made rocket launchers but you know they like yeah. you know who knows um oh so God. here we go so 1959
0: uh yeah. <laughs> tell me something good about my vacuum cleaner company uh
1: sanders and associates <laughs> purchased rex air um And Sanders was now in control of Rex air. He attempted to develop to develop what he called the rainbow opportunity. Okay. Um, where the company in 1947, Oh, as early, well, this is going all over the place. Uh, Uh, okay. Well, so this is, um, this is all retrieved from the Wikipedia article titled Rex air. Okay. And, it definitely is in some need of updating. This is from uh, October 31st, 2021. Um, Halloween. Mm. Halloween. Um,
0: happy Halloween. Happy
1: Halloween. Uh, there's... Um, so the the history portion is just kind of peppered with um, sentences with, like, references to, like, where they found this information. And it's mostly uh, chronological, but... Um, not quite yeah like there's definitely like this is i i appreciate whoever put this in here because there's plenty of information that was collected here but it hasn't been um massaged into like a like a readable entry right it's just yeah, sort of like okay. like statements um <laughs> so like you know here's a random one uh 2001 a paul Vodovich took charge of rexair as president and ceo um, and in 2002, he also assumed the responsibility of chairman. Uh, and then it's more just about this Paul Vadovich, um or Vidovich, V-I-D-O-V-I-C-H. V-I-D-O-V-I-C-H. Uh, but Vidovich. then it doesn't really yeah. say anything about the vacuums. Um, so, yeah. so like,
0: what was happening in, like, say, the 1990s with Rainbow Vacuum? Does it say anything on there? Because that's when my aunt was involved with them, and that's when we all ended up with hyper-expensive vacuums.
1: Yeah, so in the <sighs> 1980s, Rexair developed an international yes. sales and distribution networks, and the Rainbow yes. was modified to meet the specific demands of countries around the world. In 1986, Rexair celebrated its golden anniversary by launching its newest Rainbow, the D4. So I'm guessing...
0: Is that one, the one that looks like it's made out of gold? Because I remember going to like the rainbow, one of the rainbow headquarters. Yeah. Because my aunt was there for some reason and I went with her and they had like a gold rainbow vacuum in the entryway.
1: So I'm looking to see um, if I can find, uh, oh, there's rain vacuum. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. There's uh-huh. uh, model history. So um, Wonderful there's let's see i'm trying to find like good pictures of it um there is reference to a, a rainbow vacuum e2 type 12 slash gold the gold version rainbow has had several revisions the early production of this model has very similar stripes compared to the e2 series rainbow um there's so there's something called the gold version but then they have like a photo um, unfortunately you can't really see, I can't tell what, what model it is, but there's like a mm-hmm. gold canister one. That's like more round. Looks like, a yes, looks like a sort of like late sixties sort of design influence. Um, mm-hmm. but
0: I'll, I'll bet that's the one.
1: Yeah. So from, from 19, so I would say from 86 to 94 is the D4C model. Okay. Um, this looks kind of like what you have. Um okay. although you might have
0: <laughs> Rainbows are this weird like they've kind of evolved over time. Like in the seventies and eighties and nineties, they were this brown color. Yeah. Like like think of like um like frosted amber glass coffee tables. Yes. You know it's that weird, like it's that weird see through brownish foggy glass color that was just all over in the 70s and 80s like and they made that that they kept the styling in the design of the vacuum and so the vacuum is sort of like this rich brown color with like gold detail yes
1: (laughs) yes this sounds
0: sounds it's very disco Uh uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh and then like the one that my mom and dad just dropped off yeah um the the newest hand-me-down that i got because uh, I'm assuming they must have gotten a newer vacuum. I don't know. Um, it's less brown. It's still brown, but it's kind of like espresso. It's a little classier brown, right? Yeah. Um,
1: a classier brown.
0: A classier brown. Not quite so dated. Would you say and, that's like
1: more desaturated, like a little more gray or a little yes, more? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. Which was also like, I think, a trend in coffee tables. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Um, The ones that I'm looking at online currently in 2021, where it's like how to buy a rainbow at the rainbow site, they look black and gray and blue. So the styling, like almost the branding in a way has changed because the look of it has been significantly updated. It's much more modern. It looks like a coffee machine now, a giant coffee maker, as opposed to R2-D2. Oh, interesting! No, C three PO. Wait, no, R two R two D two.
1: Well, the shape is R two D two, but C three PO yes. is the golden robot.
0: Right, so it's a mi- yes. Well, in that case, it is a bad example or a great example it's, because it's, it's a mixture of the two.
1: Basically, amalgamation of the two, <laughs> the two famous robots from Star Wars. The
0: shape of R two D two with the color is the, the style coloration. and aesthetics
1: of C three PO.
0: Yes. <laughs> so weird it all fits right it's all same time frame yeah um
1: so uh yeah. so here's a good here's a good thing <laughs> so uh you were asking about good news so um uh, rainbow vacuum cleaners as far as i can tell uh sanders so sanders was the um uh the guy who uh yeah sanders and associates purchased rex rex air in 1959 Kay. and okay. so um when you were, or when your, you said your aunt was involved, or your grandmother?
0: My aunt, yeah, yeah. my aunt was somehow so, got wrapped up with them. She got sucked in. Yeah,
1: so they weren't strictly <laughs> uh, uh, like an MLM or like a pyramid scheme. They, right, um, yeah, basically Sanders or Saunders, I think it's Sanders, uh, restructured the company to focus on direct marketing of its products via independent contractors or independently okay. owned distributors. So, yeah, that's um, what she was. Yeah, yeah, and so. Although it probably had some of the trappings of market or uh, multi-level marketing and like that kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, incentives and things where it's like, you know, I'm sure there were plenty of commission based sales and stuff. They were selling a real product and um, people were not necessarily involved directly in like the level of a pyramid scheme that we would think of today as a pyramid scheme
0: yeah like my aunt didn't have to recruit anybody she was just selling vacuums to anyone who would buy them and in fact my grandma bought one from her i think to be charitable i can i imagine i don't know i was like a child at the time so i wouldn't let in on any of the dynamics that led to these yeah so this was vacuums but this
1: was essentially like in the realm of and uh, you and i might remember some of this but door-to-door salesmen.
0: yes like fuller brush
1: yep yeah or Mm -hmm. um i remember my like when i was a little kid i remember my grandmother getting visited by um door-to-door salesmen. like very uh, not very often but probably not infrequent not infrequent like definitely you know a couple times a month Um, literally just a knock on the door like you know uh the phone didn't ring there was no you know mm-hmm. there wasn't a note left it was just like you know there i was like on the weekend or whatever being babysat by my grandmother and there's a knock on the door and, and the one that stands out the most in my mind is that um this gentleman came to the door and he was selling these large bottles of like Uh, like imagine like two liter um, or really like Nalgene bottle size bottles, Uh a little bit bigger, like maybe like a two liter version of a Nalgene bottle, that kind of diameter, but much smaller lid, right? Like a, you know, like a soap bottle lid,
0: like a tiny little screw on cap. Yeah.
1: Tiny little screw on cap. And they were filled with this pink liquid, Mm. bright pink. And it was this cleaning product. And he came in and we had a fireplace in the living room. And so she invited him in and he came in and he, cleaned one brick in the fireplace and Uh it was like he cleaned just the one brick perfectly cleaned it really quickly and it was just sort of like you know if you can imagine like a brick red brick fireplace like there's the um there's kind of the the hearth like the or the like the the landing space and then it was up on the side um on the right side of the fireplace like was covered in soot there like on the inside and it was like one of the Outer bricks that you could see really clearly, and he cleaned it perfectly. And I will tell you, I will tell you my grand that just sold my grandmother so quickly she was like man that brick looks so amazing because he was like let's look at some stuff in your house like he cleaned a spot on the carpet and then he was like oh this will be perfect and he cleaned that brick and Mm -hmm. i she bought like four bottles of that shit and she was like (laughs) ned's gonna clean the whole fireplace with this because it's so amazing like i was like what is happening right now and of course (laughs) i mean i was a little kid and i didn't clean anything i mean i was very little i was probably like (laughs) five or six um
0: Ned's gonna clean this whole fireplace. Yeah. What?
1: And uh and that oh, brick no, no. that one brick n- was just clean, like none of the other bricks ever got cleaned. Sure. Um that one brick, I mean eventually they got cleaned like many, many years after <laughs> she moved out and like anyway, like but I when remember sold the house. my whole childhood. There was just that one clean brick on the on the you know, in the fireplace. <laughs> and it just stood out to me because it had this whole story. Um <laughs> yeah, so door to door salesmen or salespeople, but they were uh, all the, all of the ones that I remember were men. Um, not that. You yep. Know, yep. That was just kind of the time, um, and yeah. Anyway, uh, I I think My, uh, th- there were. Um, what's the other? What's the big makeup? Um, sort of.
0: So Avon went door to door. Yeah, yeah. And Avon, I think, is also like skirts MLM. Mm. territory but yes. isn't yeah. strictly an MLM yep. whereas like for example Mary Kay I think is definitely an MLM.
1: Right. Right.
0: Um so Mary Kay and Avon are the two big ones. Avon did at one point in time make like this lotion that is utterly repellent to mosquitoes and it smells divine and I can't remember what it's called but it became sort of like this cult uh cosmetic item because you could use it and it it wasn't strictly speaking it, like a bug juice it was just this lotion that made bugs not bite you and i I can't remember for the life of me what it's called but it was like it was seriously even people who didn't want other avon stuff wanted that stuff and i think like i think kind of like how people like you know norwex you ever heard of yes. Norwex? Mm-hmm. norwex is another one that i'm pretty sure is an mlm oh like yeah really definitely oh, pampered chef also is yeah. another one just like so that like the The tupperware parties
1: according to the googler avon skin Mm -hmm. so soft original bath oil
0: yes that's what it is skin so soft oh man that shit did did they say anything about it like are they still making it is it discontinued what's the deal with that
1: i'm i'm having a look right now so um yeah no you can get it on amazon uh avon skin so soft bath oil original scent um and uh the questions people ask. I love the things I love about Amazon. I mean, there are plenty of things I hate about it, but the customer questions and answers on products like um, like one of the questions for this product is <laughs> good for killing lice, question mark. <laughs> um,
0: What's the response? No.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Oh, sorry. The response <laughs> is like I got sucked. The response is don't know about lice sure would get your hair greasy though. Like just (laughs) only marginally helpful. Or I love like this other person where I'm like, what is your lice treating plan that this is your answer? It can smother them, but I use it to keep them from attaching eggs, preventative maintenance. Like what world are you living in where you need to prevent lice from attaching to your head because you're that frequently exposed to them?
0: right like we have what's going on (laughs) like
1: like if that's your if that's your situation you need to like reevaluate some things about cleanliness in your in your space um i
0: think so or or who you hang out with yeah yeah (laughs) that's amazing uh wow
1: yeah yeah so
0: that's like that's one of the ones that used to get like you know traded in circles like sold around um uh, I remember the Fuller brush guy used to come to my mom's house when I was a little kid. Uh huh. And she would buy stuff from him. Like, I remember she bought, like, a sweater defuzzer Zzz, <laughs> nice. it like, shaves your sweater uh-huh. balls off. Yeah. <laughs> and, a sweater razor uh, or
1: shaver or whatever those things yeah, are. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and gosh, like, I, I, shaves don't the think pills, we... the little, the pills. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the pilled up fabric, fabric pieces. Yeah. Threads, whatever. Yeah. Um, They, he also like the pink stuff you talked about with your grandma, like that is so familiar to me, but I don't think we had the pink stuff. Yeah. Or if we did, it was when I was really little. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, I was pretty little when that happened. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't remember. I I must, I was definitely under eight, I think. Um, And like, my brother wasn't around, I don't think, when that happened. So I have to assume that um, he might have been. I don't know. It was right around when my parents were getting divorced. So our often our childcare situation was like, I mean, we weren't always separated. Like, no one yeah. was like, you guys are separated. But oftentimes, like, I think he would have, um, I think, because he was only like three or like two and a half um Mm -hmm. oftentimes he would have like a more dedicated like babysitter some of the time and i think i was considered the the more easy child so like i could be pawned (laughs) off on because i could be more independent like i was pretty good at like playing Mm -hmm. independently so i think um oftentimes like people were more willing to like take me on as opposed to like my brother who was um you know less less independent at that point um Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: yeah um so I uh, I was thinking about how... It's just hilarious to me that like our family sort of accidentally invested in these rainbow vacuum cleaners. You know, like my grandma bought a bunch of them for all the kids. And like it was basically, I think, a way to directly support my aunt mm-hmm. or indirectly support my aunt, I guess, is the case. I don't know. Would that be direct or indirect? That They, they could have just given her money. Uh, I knows? think that's anyway. that's kind
1: of an indirect, right? Like, Or that's supportive, yeah. but you're not giving so many money. You're like, hey, I'm going to... I I don't know. I mean, I, I find sometimes that's kind of nice because, um, if, if you're like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to help somebody, like if somebody is like, you know, they're trying to make ends meet or whatever, and they have an opportunity where you can like frequent some business they're trying to start. Sometimes yeah. that's better in many ways, even though like they might prefer the like, let's say, you know, a hundred dollar unit or whatever you're like, even though like you give them a hundred dollars and you get a vac, mm-hmm. you know, a product in return and they're really only making like 20 bucks or something um, that can help drive their business. And pr- like, it can be a nice boost, I think. Um Yeah. As opposed to somebody being like, I like, it's weirdly dismissive. If you're like, I don't even need your shit, whatever you're selling, just here, take my money feels less, Right. You know, even if you're like, I'll do you a favor and I don't really need this bag of cookies, but I'll buy it for 20 bucks. Like you're you're driving their business and like, you know, whatever system they've got, Mm -hmm. like now they've made a sale and they're, you know, they're encouraged or whatever, you know, or can be. So I I always feel like that's not not necessarily a terrible way. Um, Yeah,
0: it's you're supporting somebody by helping them support themselves is. Yeah. I think preferable to just making a charity case out of somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, um, I think that's a cool way to go. So, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, we got all these rainbow vacuums and then like they just ended up being so fabulous and amazing and like yeah. lasting so long that they just keep getting passed down to like more and more kids or like people now in my family are hooked on them. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of annoyed anytime I have to use a vacuum that isn't a, a rainbow Like if I, I, like I worked retail and we would have these horrible, like cheap ass vacuums with a bag that like, you know, somebody brought in because they got a nicer one at their house. And they're like, we can use my old one at the store. And so it's like, these things don't even vacuum. Like some nights we would just walk around and pick up obvious chunks of things because we were like, this is all the vacuum does anyway. It's not actually getting rid of any of the like (laughs) dirt embedded in the carpet. It's just sucking up like, oh, there's a (laughs) paperclip. You know, it rattles around. Yeah. One of my favorite memories from childhood is so at my grandma's house, when she still lived in her house before she moved into a condo, yeah. um, she had this like, oh, like spring green color cran colored shag carpet throughout her house. Uh huh. It was like a very light, yellowy green shag carpet, very pale. Yeah. It's like like an Easter color almost. Yeah. You know, yeah. like super pastel. Yeah. And um, she was obsessive about keeping her house clean. That's probably how I ended up getting onto that kick. And so as I would help her clean when we were little and um, with the rainbow, you've got this big vacuum cleaner wand that sucks up at the carpet level and has like the the brushes that rotate really fast and all that stuff. Right. Um, And it has so much suction that you can like put your ear on the hose of the vacuum cleaner that like delivers all that stuff to the water bong apparatus uh-huh and if you it, like if you listen to it you can hear all the particulate that's getting pulled out of the carpet and so you can go back and forth over the same spot until you just don't hear any more stuff coming out and that means you've basically gotten all of it right essentially, right right because it's like crazy powerful yeah um and then you move on to the next spot so i can remember my grandmother like standing in the living room and like sort of swaying back and forth with the vacuum cleaner like someone it the way she was doing it reminds me of like how somebody would like, like how like old couples dance in the living room with those old timey radios before there were televisions. Yes, yeah. And so I remember her like just sort of like rhythmically moving back and forth with this vacuum cleaner and sort of like a waltz with this vacuum and listening to the vacuum cleaner the whole time, like sort of crouched over and like listening to the hose as she goes. And it hit, it it's like like she's listening to some song that only she can hear. Uh huh. And like following the rhythm of that in a strange dance oh, around the house i kind of
1: love that that's kind of uh-huh. great yeah
0: it's really strange huh yep childhood memories all of my best memories are around rainbow vacuums
1: oh so crazy cool
0: such a weird thing to have like as a family heirloom it's this like hyper powerful yeah air, air scrubbing vacuum right theater. it's like <laughs> i mean like of all the things i have sentimental attachments to my vacuums are right up there (laughs) (laughs) so weird
1: that's so weird that's so interesting
0: i know um so yeah that's uh that's the situation with vacuums the dysons i was really excited to use a dyson because i was like oh maybe this will give a Mm. rainbow a run for its money right and i was like wait a minute and they're always like "Dysons don't lose suction and i'm like they fucking do too
1: yeah i mean well they they say that um like the thing about the Dysons is like they work until they're full and then mm-hmm. and they fill up a lot quicker than I think people realize. And then also you can yeah. get um, like they work. They're most effective when your particulate matter is like light dust. Mm-hmm. Um, So like. If you have hair or some fuzzy shit, it can get it can kind of break down the mechanism a little bit by blocking the airflow in the Mm. pipe or like getting jammed in the system. And then you kind of have to clean it out to make it more effective again. Um, But I I mean, I think they're I I think they're way overpriced for what they are. Um,
0: Yeah, because rainbows like a refurbished rainbow is a thousand bucks and a Dyson brand new is like six hundred. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that four hundred dollar difference is a massive difference in efficacy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like the the for I mean uh, comparatively speaking, if like let's just assume that a rainbow at a thousand dollars is priced like accurately. I don't know how we would say this accurately or uh like um justifiably right sure it's a it's a we'll just for pretends we'll just say that a rainbow price at a thousand dollars is a justifiable expense Mm -hmm. that would mean that a dyson appropriately priced should be like two hundred dollars right because i think a dyson works about one-fifth as well as a rainbow does
1: yeah yeah right
0: you know what i'm saying yeah
1: no i do like
0: if what you're paying for is the efficiency of the machine you're going to pay a ton for a rainbow because it does like six different things and it's amazing. And you can even put like essential oils in it and stuff and it makes your house smell good while you're using it. Like it's crazy. Right. Right. There's all this amazing stuff about it. Wet dry vac doesn't leave a crumb behind, Mm -hmm. Will like suck the teeth out of your skull. I mean, it's like so powerful. Uh, And like super easy to clean. Oh, one of the most satisfying things about it is that you can see the water pan. So you can watch all of the gross crud get picked up and like Mm -hmm. swirl around in there and you can see it. And then you can tell when to empty it because you're like, oh, it's getting really cruddy in there.
1: Right. Right. Um,
0: Yeah. So like if that's worth a thousand bucks, then a Dyson should be worth a lot less than than what it actually sells for brand new.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's... Yeah, like I I feel like if they wanted to make it more um like more more sort of commensurate with the price that you pay, like I think they'd need to yeah. make it more durable, like more of yes. the parts. Like it's just it's, it's very plasticy. It's very plasticky um which is, you know, that's kind of the nature of products these days, but it's also just like not good. Like, yeah, it breaks. Um,
0: it's not durable.
1: Yeah, it's not durable. Exactly. So
0: which is interesting to me because a vacuum cleaner, something that helps you clean up a bunch of stuff is a tool. And so it should be durable. Yeah, like, I right. shouldn't have tools that break while I'm using them. Right. Oh, speaking of which, I, I have another vacuum yeah. that I'm really in favor of, which was just a tiny handheld vacuum made by the Eureka company. Uh-huh. It was called the Eureka Easy Clean Lightweight Handheld Vacuum Cleaner, comma, Hand Vac Corded, comma, 71B, comma, Easy Clean Yellow. This vacuum cleaner uh-huh. is this, it's the only vacuum that I've ever used that has a motor anywhere near as powerful as my rainbow vacuum. And it was just this tiny little handheld guy. Yeah. And, um, what happened, I still have it and it still works, but the little spinny brush guys stopped spinning because the, the interior has, hello, thank you. We just got a delivery. Oh. Um, it, it, the, the little motor that drives the bristle brush that yeah. scrapes up the stuff, that motor burned out there's two motors in this vacuum cleaner. There's one motor that does the sucking and then there's the other motor that does the spinning. Uh-huh. And so the spinner motor blew out and it, that's a bummer, but it's not hugely important.
1: Right. Right.
0: I kept this with us in the RV when we were traveling because it was a great like little vac and was super powerful and handy. But um, now that we're back at the house and we have the big vacuum, well, we have two big vacuums now. Um, it's not as necessary. And then my friend Gerald gave me his version of the Eureka handheld, which still has all of its functionality, but was used to clean up like cat litter and stuff. And so I'm like, hmm, should I swap out parts or what do I do here? So I now I have two of those vacuums, uh-huh. one of which I'm going to use for parts. Anyway, I highly recommend those. And they don't make them anymore. I think they might make something similar. But like, boy, oh, boy, I loved that vacuum. And I bought it with a tax return that I got. And it, I think it was like... I want to say like 70 bucks or something and it was worth every dollar. So those little Eureka handhelds, I don't know if you're looking for a handheld vacuum, they might still make really good ones. It's hard to know because I yeah. I haven't tested any but the but the yellow Easy Clean that thing was amazing.
1: That's really cool. I yeah. I think um I'm actually, th- this topic is r- weirdly exciting, <laughs> weirdly more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, but I mean, when do we talk about Jeff Bridges?
0: <laughs> well, see, that's the next thing. <laughs> Jeff Bridges is a national treasure. Jeff Bridges, the national treasure, is uh-huh. someone you should know about if you don't know about him. If you don't know now, you know. Jeff Bridges is great. And the reason he came up is because you were wearing a Tron t-shirt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: He's, when I was a little kid watching my grandma vacuum the house like she was dancing. That was around the time that Tron came out. And I was like, oh, man, when I grow up, I'm definitely going to ride one of those motorcycles.
1: Uh, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying to think about how, like, what you could do to, like, link the two other than I wore this T-shirt. There's not much. I mean, other than, like, the Mm-mm. the time, you know, we're t- definitely talking about, like, design and the time, right? So we're talking about, like, these vacuum cleaner designs um like the aesthetic of them yes uh i would i would definitely if we want to talk about Dyson for a moment longer yeah. um their design is very like bright plastic like it looks very um it looks very engineered you know what i mean yes. like it's not uh very
0: futuristic
1: yeah like the aesthetic of Dyson is very futuristic like if you look at all of their products and it like it keeps evolving and i've noticed like um like the vacuum cleaners like the newer models are essentially the same thing but they're just like more more bumps and greeblies like so mm-hmm. in um in the world of like prop design or like like model design especially like spaceship models like speaking of movies of the you know the 80s like we're talking about um so like 82 was when tron came out um yeah so star wars uh also came out so star wars was like 77 i believe (laughs) so these are very kind of contemporary films and um and so in star wars like if you're familiar with star wars like uh especially like the opening scene where um you kind of have the the um the star destroyer like zooming overhead but you're following the um the Rogue One escape ship um, that Princess yes. Leia is on, and and C three PO and and R two D two are on, and yes. uh, those those models have all these like bumps and things on them, and and model mm-hmm. makers often refer to those things as Greebleys. and Greeblies? I would, Greeblies, like G R, I think e
0: e b l i s uh yes
1: um a Greeble, so a G R E E B L E, um or a nurnal
0: a nerd mm, how do you nerd, spell a
1: nerdie, n-u-r-n-i-e so this is from the wikipedia article uh october 31st 2021 uh titled greeble g-r-e-e-b-l-e um so a greeble is like it's a pr- prominent detailing added to the surface of a larger object that makes it appear more complex and therefore mm. visual, more visually interesting. Um and so when you're talking about the um those spaceships in Star Wars, yes. they they built these models and they would be uh it would be considered greebles when you like the, it makes them seem larger, right? Like because they have mm-hmm. these like tiny little details yes
0: yes i see what you're saying so like if it was if the surface of the spaceship was like the surface of those like warships in in the san diego bay where it was just large sheets of metal and like very smooth contiguous surfaces the scale of it would be impossible to tell because you're like i don't know there's no detail i can't tell if it's very small or very large
1: right right and so um so the greeble is there to like the the Greeblies, the sort of plural of greeble um yeah. are there to kind of give it that effect right um mm-hmm. and uh i would argue that um the dyson the dyson vacuums have that a little bit like they're yes! the way that they're um designed exposes a lot of their kind of um like like the airflow chamber has those little mm-hmm. rounded bits and and everything about it makes it more um it
0: reminds me a little bit of how, it, like it reminds me a little bit of the design aesthetic of like how SpaceX designs their rockets yeah yeah like it looks uh the barrel of the vacuum canister that you have mm-hmm. looks like it has a bunch of smaller Canisters that like all suck up at the same time and make like a composite canister that sucks up air. Like yes. it's really weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is kind of their, um, because when you look at their model evolution, the mm. original one had some of the like only had like six of those little miniature chambers. Right. Yeah. And then the newer ones have 12. It's like <laughs> double the greeblies. Right. And, <laughs> and the question, of course, is like, is that actually, you know, uh, does that, does that actually add advantage or did they just put a more powerful vacuum cleaner in there, but they needed to do some change to the design aesthetics so that it felt like you were getting more of it or, and, right. and from my point of view, it's like, they just sort of doubled down on the Greebly, right? Like they're like, Oh, let's, <laughs> let's increase that because that's our, that's our like signature. Right. So like do more right. of that. Um, yes. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, this speculation right like i don't know maybe there's you know every reason for that um who knows but um and i'm sure they say there are reasons um but you know whether that's true or not is a separate question um Mm -hmm. anyway i'm not sure we we may never know uh so tron yes (laughs) um speaking of uh the nat our a A national treasure or jeff jeff Uh, bridges jeff bridges Um,
0: national treasure
1: yeah jeff bridges national treasure uh in that movie um this was one of the first uh so there are two movies there's tron and the last starfighter um have this sort of distinction of being one of cinema's earliest films to use extensive computer generated imagery or cgi um and yeah, because uh, they
0: were supposed to be people going into video games. Right. Like you, that was the whole. Well, Tron was.
1: Up. And then the last yeah. Starfighter um, used uh, if you I'm, you've seen the film yes yeah so that was the one i remember what,
0: details and aesthetics of it but i don't remember the plot
1: yeah so the main plot of the last starfighter was that there was kind of this kid um who played this arcade game at his he lived in a trailer park like out in the middle of nowhere and there was an arcade game there and he would play it and the arcade game was called the last starfighter and it was actually a recruitment device for um these aliens and when he beat the game um they came and recruited him to go fly the last starfighter to beat I can't remember the name of the the, the bad guy. Yeah. yeah, but there were like, you know, there was like an evil race of whatever aliens that were like trying to destroy the galaxy mm. or whatever and and so um, you know, he was basically him and this other alien guy were put in this the, the last starfighter. They were put put into the last starship to go yeah. fight the aliens and defeat the, you know, the overlord whatever bad bad it's an
0: intergalactic alien battle but what we really need is a teenage white guy from earth
1: yes yeah exactly yeah um and so uh anyway um (laughs) but and and but tron tron is yes like they go into the computer world and i and i i think that um one of the reasons that uh the new reboot or the the sort of tron 2 didn't actually do that well was Mm -hmm. that they um they lost the aesthetic of it. They overcompensated, right? Like they used all of this new CGI effect and stuff that they had, which is like visually very stimulating, but it's too stimulating. And it loses mm-hmm. that. Because mm-hmm. um, the original film, I think some things people don't really realize is the original film, all of the shots that happened inside of the computer were shot in black and white. And the, each, cell, or each frame was recolored by hand. So what? there's, there like, the actual amount of CGI in the film is minimal by today's standards. And Holy shit. lots of times it wasn't even mixed. It was just like a cut scene with the CGI going on. And then they would cut back to the black and white filming that had been recolored by hand. And that it was an amazing effect because yes. those they they did not capture that at all in the new film in no. the old film they're walking around in these suits and then the the suits like things that glow mm-hmm. have this really like a very strange glow that sort of changes from frame to frame just a little bit mm-hmm. um, everything is just like has this really amazing aesthetic and i remember yeah. as a kid just being like holy shit and if you watch it now um i think it holds up for what it is like i don't think you
0: yeah lose it, oh, that. it totally does it totally does and like the part where they go like the part where they go and use their little like frisbee discs to get water.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, man. The blue glowing so river. Yes, yes. That was just oh, stands God. out in my mind. I was like, holy cow. This is amazing. What is yeah. this going on here? Um, I could
0: not wait to like live there. Yes. That, that was that was my takeaway. I'm right. like, sign me up.
1: <laughs> like that scene to me is this amazing work of art because the soundscape of it, like the, you have the like echoing mm-hmm. sounds of their footsteps and then. Um, and that sort of like digital sort of resonance going on and yes. then when they're, when they're talking with each other and it just really sucked me into the film in that moment. I would, I'm pretty sure that scene is the, like of all the scenes in the film, that's the one that I'm just like, this has got me hooked on this movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I totally, that, and when they're racing on the bikes and making those walls,
1: yes yeah so the um the light bike races were uh yeah just really Mm -hmm. really cool um really well done uh just really like good good pacing and and exciting like action moment in the movie Um, (laughs) so great yeah so uh so yeah so jeff bridges um plays uh flynn in the movie and he's this programmer and he um and he's fighting against this or the plot of the movie is that he basically got fired from this company called Encom and Encom basically appropriated all of his intellectual property rights and was making mm-hmm. money all, off all these games that he wrote and mm. and, you know, in the arcades because back then when this movie was released, you home video games was not really a thing. I think Atari Atari was probably the first um Uh, let's see. So Atari kind of the Atari Twenty Six Hundred was probably the first like big, popular home video game console. Is that
0: the one with Activision Racing and Pac Man and? Yeah, and
1: yeah, and it it was kind of it had this sort of like wood front and it had the the yep. classic joysticks with the one red button yep. off to the side. Um, yep, we had those. Yeah. So um, I think
0: God, we might still have it up in the attic.
1: Uh, that'd be amazing. So that came out in nineteen eighty. So 1980 to 1982, or I guess 19. Uh, so basically, the lifespan of this console was basically 1977 was when it was first released. So like Star Wars. So this was still when Tron was being worked on and created, or like got released. It was, um, it was essentially, uh, arcades was where you went and played arcade games, or where you yeah. played video games, and so. Um, when you're and when you watch the movie, it's such a slice of like American or such a slice of technological history because there's lots of like mainframe reference and the idea of a computer being like this system of components, um, which they still are, but they they're you know, back then there were like tape drives and and whole yeah. banks of data banks that were like, you know, um he oftentimes like in the movie there's a character called the bit um Mm -hmm. and it's just a binary entity that can just say yes or no right Mm -hmm. and it just you know and so that there's lots of like good computer references i feel like um it's just a really kind of early part of our like computer culture um Mm -hmm. yeah so anyway so uh kevin flynn uh is this leading software engineer and he's he's you know he was employed at ncom and then he gets fired and and um this guy uh uh what's his name um dillinger uh what's the guy's name oh um
0: the character
1: yeah so the main character i can't remember um i'm just reading about it so Ed Dillinger creates this program called the yes. Master Control Program that basically is taking over all of the programs in in the company um mm-hmm. and in the world and it's like this sort of like evil master control program and Ed Dillinger um is sort of like you know rocketed to power in the company because of this and right and there's some like you know there's some employees that are fighting against it and anyway so kevin flynn uh aka national treasurer jeff bridges um (laughs) is now running this arcade flynn's arcade where where he's losing a lot of his own like he's trying to get some money to live but um you know, all these games that make the most money are the ones that he wrote that he gets he doesn't see a dime of and that's kind of the right. the main motivator for him to um he basically he's been trying to hack into the NCOM servers to um to find evidence of this so that he can claim his right to the games. Mm-hmm. And that's the opening of the movie and that's where you see him in the tank. Um, you see his avatar kind right. of program and his tank program. Um yeah. And so
0: Uh, so it's so funny to me because like these details as you're telling them to me make perfect sense. But as a kid, all of that was lost on me.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah. As a kid, you're kind of like, eh, but if you rewatch it, I think it, it's a, it's a good movie. I mean, there's some definitely some things that, um, that don't make sense. So for instance, uh, or there's some, there's some CGI (laughs) stuff. I like this is, so there's the, what I think of is like a famous sort of flaw in the movie is this, uh, there's this reference to these things called grid bugs. And so there's this scene where they're fleeing. Um, so, uh, Kevin Flynn and, um, and so Tron, so Alan, Alan Bradley is one of the employees who still works there. And he developed this program called Tron that's supposed to like be this like watchdog program. That's actually going to like undo the master control program or something. Um, and, or basically like supposedly keep it honest or whatever. But um, I don't know in the movie, like your programs are now people in this world, right? In this digital world running around. And so um, yeah, they're
0: personified. Yeah.
1: So the Tron program is this sort of like hero program that, that actually Jeff Bridges, or, sorry, Kevin Flynn, aka National Treasure Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges. is trying to um, support in his goal of like getting to some communication tower or something. I forget exactly what they need to do. Yes. Like, like they, he needs to get to the communication tower so that he can download some information and then run his program or do his thing. Yeah. Um, but so we're really mostly, we follow the story of Kevin Flynn, aka National Treasure Jeff Bridges. Mm -hmm. and um and at one point he's there's this uh woman yuri i think her name is um but she's also a program and they they um get on a solar sailor or something i can't remember exactly what it's called but this this beam this beam ship that this ship that like gets Mm -hmm. on a beam and it has these big sails and it sails across the landscape to like go a long distance and so they're getting on it and then as they're getting on it um they're I think she says like, oh, we got to be careful about those grid bugs. If we run into one of those, we're like toast or something. And then they yeah. cut to a CGI scene where they show the grid bugs and there are these green spider like creatures that like come up out of a grid and then they never mention it again. And the thing about it <laughs> is that um, like like they paint it. And I, the funny thing is like I get why it was included and in like how that ended up happening is because you spent all this money on the CGI, right? right. And you're trying to like you want to use it because it's 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 so it comes at a premium and you've spent all this time and also like CGI at that time you didn't have like what we have now where you kind of have what People don't use this term anymore, but like whizzy wigs, like what you see is what you mm. get, um, yep. even though because that's just kind of the normal expected way. It's like I want to just see on screen what I'm looking at and then manipulate it. And so if you've ever kind of seen somebody creating, uh, doing CGI or any kind of 3D rendering or something, um, yes. you generally kind of like mold things like clay or you can kind of build and extrude and do things. There was none of that. Like all of this stuff had to be programmed in and um and you would do like a, a flat render where you'd have like He's one taking, image yeah take like five minutes to render like one frame so you could oh see my God. be like okay i think this is what i want and then to do a whole animated sequence was like days of computational time like the oh. computer's crunching it to like output these like files um i can't remember the detail like there's really interesting stuff about how the uh how the movie was made and all of that but um anyway so i can imagine that they were like okay well we're gonna do this and then they're like oh we don't actually have time to render the part where they're more threatening or there's more interaction with them or something so they're just (laughs) like yeah just throw it in there and and it's out so um anyway it's just a i hope you don't run
0: into those things that are a whole subplot right right. (laughs) nope never mind no subplot
1: right um (laughs) yeah so nearly
0: <laughs> dodged that subplot
1: dodged it right
0: mm-hmm. yep my uh, favorite jeff bridges is the jeff bridges is the dude from the big lebowski
1: oh fantastic yeah i mean it's just it's hard to it's hard not to just yeah. <laughs> looking at his filmography like he was
0: prolific i know All he's way- in so much stuff
1: yeah like this is great his first credit is a 1951 film called the company she keeps and his role was an infant. He was uncre- oh uncredited. Uncredited. But he was in the movie, the company she keeps. Um his That's first adorable. credited one was Halls of Anger, uh, where he played Douglas or Doug. Um, and that was nineteen seventy. And man, so he, he was just, like twenty years old. Yeah, twenty years old. Fifteen. Fifteen, something like that. Uh yeah. And um Oh my God. And so he he ro- he basically just acted in movies from 1970 basically full-time employment as far as i can tell just movie Did after their movie
0: dad and like get them cuz like cause they're like a bunch of the bridges act right
1: uh i don't i think so i don't yeah. know um
0: lloyd bridges right lloyd bridges yeah. is the
1: yes that's right and dorothy bridges um and so bridges. dorothy bridges also actress and poet And Lloyd Bridges, American film, stage, television actor. Wow, I didn't realize that. And with these films, like, so, you know, uh, before 1982, Tron, he was in Cutters way before that in 1981. In 1980, he was in a movie called Heaven's Gate. Um, I don't feel like I've, I don't think I've seen that. Epic, it was an epic Western, um, lots of Westerns. Mm.
0: Um, Yeah, he's been in a ton of Westerns.
1: Yeah. Then uh he was in The Fisher King. Um, oh, that was a good movie I yeah. thought. Yeah, yep, yep. Um but just every year movie after movie all the way mm-hmm. up to 2000, then 2001 or 2000 in 2001 he was in k pax Um Oh, that movie. And Scenes oh. of the Crime. Um
0: What year did Lebowski come out? Was it 1999?
1: I'm looking right now. Let's see. Uh, yeah, 1998. Oh. So he does The Big Lebowski in 1998, just plows on through, just keeps just at, in movies the whole time. He was hmm. in Iron Man in 2008. I mean, there's a bunch yep. of movies between 2000 and 2008. He was in, let's see, uh, from After The Big Lebowski, he was in one, two, three, six, 12 in up to 2008 he was in like 15 movies um just keeps going just 2000 every year <laughs> at least one or two go you know 2010 tron legacy comes out which is yep. uh you know which man that was know.
0: a long time ago and i feel like we just saw it Ooh, yeah it feels weird yep
1: um ah. uh yeah um and then yep just all the way up until recently 2019 spider-man far from home um yeah, just fucking nailing movie, it. Movie, 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 yeah. Um, he's the movie guy. Yeah. Yep. The, so, yeah.
0: He's a national treasure. What can Natural we say? National treasure. Jeff yes. Bridges, national treasure. Right. Um. Do we have? Oh. Colors of the day from our research team.
1: Let's have a look and see huh? what we have here. So we're gonna need to. Look and see. I I forgot to talk to them today. I'll send them a message really quick and see what they say. Um, okay. Yes, it Tell looks like. Tell them
0: happy I Halloween. Do. Um, I need to order more contact lenses. Who out there wears contact lenses? I feel like how expensive they are is a weird scam. <laughs> Yes. yes. I have to spend like $900 a year on contact lenses.
1: Mm-hmm. What? All righty. Okay. So uh, we just got this. Um, you might have to. So they Ooh. just sent me a link. I sent it to you. Uh, yeah.
0: These are kind of neat for Halloween, actually.
1: They are. Yeah. Uh, so our first mm. color is uh, what I would describe as a very deep brown
0: yes so i would say uh, unironically this is essentially the the middle range of color that the rainbow vacuums took on during the 90s and oh oh ohs oh, okay thousands
1: the knots like, the naughty, yeah
0: the like super deep espresso like this is a when you look at this you're like that's black no it's not that's right, brown. right that's a very dark 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 brown like yeah. c- the color of jet black coffee brown yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh it's anthracitic heavyweight. Yes. Is yep. the name. Yeah. Which I think is delightful. Yeah. Um
1: so its hexadecimal value is um pound sign two three one nine zero alpha. So if you pop that into um Google, you'll get it it'll show this color for you. Um mm-hmm. the RGB values, if that's some way you can navigate, are thirty-five, twenty-five, ten. Um, But again, the hexadecimal value, which you can pop into Google, I think, uh, also DuckDuckGo, I think, does this. Um, But you just put in um, hashtag or uh, Octothorpe 23190 alpha. So the complementary color to this one (laughs) is, uh, I love this name, sulfuric snap.
0: Ah, so good. Yeah.
1: Uh, And this is like a really pale blue or like... It's almost like washed out, like not. It's pale, like
0: icy. It's like the color of icy. Ice.
1: Yeah. It's like an icy blue. Um, yeah. And this, uh, the hexadecimal value for this is uh, hashtag pound sign octothorpe, whatever you want to call it, um, which is uh, so hashtag Delta Charlie Echo 6 Foxtrot 5. Once again, that's DCE6F5. Nice. Um, and the RGB oh. values are 220, 230, 245. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is like a really, it's like, it's a little bit gray.
0: A little bit gray and just a tiny bit of blue.
1: Yeah. Just a and little it, bit of blue.
0: It looks like the color of an ice skating rink.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When it's
0: like fresh.
1: Yeah. When it's fresh. Yeah, exactly. Like it's someone just, just drove the Zamboni red. all over it.
0: Yeah. Like it's white, but, but only like it's got a lot of white in it yes in the 'cause because it's like a very pastel color yep it kind of reminds me like it. it's like the color of a like an ice queen's dress
1: yes yeah like yeah. from the
0: lion the witch and the wardrobe mm-hmm yeah very cool color it's nice like both of these colors next to each other look beautiful mm-hmm. like they're such a lovely combination but they also feel very cold uh-huh these are icy hard colors
1: yes yeah
0: very appropriate for this time of year
1: yeah i agree
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah Ooh, so exciting
1: yeah super cool um I'm going to
0: get these colors. One of these days, I'm going to get some of these colors color matched, and I'm going to paint my walls some of these colors.
1: Yeah. That Mm -hmm. would be cool. I'd like to help with that. That sounds fun. Yeah.
0: Such good stuff. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today. We talked about the relative merits of the top end of vacuum cleaners. Sorry, systems. Cleaning systems. Cleaning systems. Cleaning systems. systems. Yes. Uh, We talked history about Rex Air, which was very strange. Yeah, and we talked about Jeff Bridges and also we national treasure Jeff Bridges national treasure Jeff Bridges. Yeah, and um, yeah, we did a lot of we did good work here today.
1: Yeah, we really did.
0: Nice job. Yeah. Well, uh, happy Halloween.
1: Happy Halloween. Yeah. So if you're out there, um, this is a great day to wear a mask mm-hmm. of all kinds both yeah any kind both to protect you and also to strike fear and terror into the into the hearts of your enemies <laughs> <laughs> or whatever whatever reason or just to collect treats
0: yeah yeah perfect yeah yeah <laughs> Ah, do you have plans? Are you handing out candy? I mean, your, your house is kind of secluded. Children don't really make it to your house.
1: Yeah. So I live, yeah, I live up behind another house. And so generally Mm -hmm. children don't make it to my house. Um, I think, so there's another main road, uh, just a block or two over from where I live that is Mm -hmm. very populated or like it goes all out for Halloween. Like they have oh. every house generally does like puts on a big show and stuff. And so oftentimes I'll just go over there and walk down there and look at the different houses and stuff and look That's at the costumes funny. that come by. Um, yeah, it's very fun. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't typically get trick or treaters. So um, mm-hmm. I, in fact, I don't think I've ever, ever had anybody come to my house. Um, it's really diff Like there's no, there's no obvious pathway even to get here, so yeah. it's really difficult. Even if I were to like light it up and be like come this way, like I, I imagine it's so far from the front that it would yes, be people weird. Would be
0: like, I feel like this is a trap.
1: Yeah, like it just would be like, I. A lot of parents might be like, nope, you cannot go down there, which would be no, 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 no,
0: no.
1: um <laughs> no. So yeah, it's definitely... It's just
0: like a trail of pale fairy lights along the ground yeah. that disappears into <laughs> right. the darkness. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes. uh, it's safe, I promise. Put up a sign. I, I promise. It's fine. It's fine. Please send your children alone. Mm-hmm. Unaccompanied minors only.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Please duck when you walk past the right. untended pomegranate <laughs> tree. Right. <laughs> you might get a pomegranate in the face.
1: Mhm.
0: <laughs> Whack. Whack. Yeah, we uh we're going to probably pass out candy tonight. I might just pop open the um front porch door. Yeah. Like the screen window in the porch and put a bowl of candy out because I think people are still kind of like weird about COVID, which I completely understand. And yeah, it's like if you're going to come over, you can just uh, people can self-serve candy. That's fine with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first so,
0: time. I'll just leave my door open or something and like put the lights on and. Sounds good. Yeah. 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 Well, fun. My, Good job. my Halloween lights up. I mean, they change colors, so I can change them to any color I want. Yeah. And right now they're orange <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for Halloween. <laughs> Maybe I'll turn them back to purple. We'll see. Yeah. No. Yeah. I love Halloween.
1: Yeah, me too. It's really fun. I, oh, I have, have a
0: costume right now.
1: Are you wet? You don't have a I costume? I don't have
0: a costume right now. I mean, I right now we're kind of like in between all of the projects because we've got these big projects that we're waiting on. And so I... There's no, I, I, my elaborate col- costumes wouldn't fit anywhere right now and I wouldn't have anywhere to work on them. So yeah. it's okay. Next year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Next year. I did, um, I did do a costume this year, which is not, I, the last couple of years I've not done costumes, but this year, um, this
0: one was good. I saw your photo.
1: Yeah. I went to a costume party and, uh, my partner was dressing as Britney Spears from, um, from the piece of me video yes and so i helped her make like the the jeans like all tatted up and and then i basically dressed up as a paparazzo and followed her around like taking photos of the party it was pretty fun yeah excellent yeah
0: you your outfit was very convincing
1: thanks yeah i mean it's it's (laughs) funny like you just throw like a a really douchey fedora on there and like you just instantly (laughs) transformed into like exactly the kind of asshole you'd see wandering around so (laughs)
0: yeah it was like it was a radical and instant transformation it was very very convincing i was like who's that jerk right who's that seedy looking jerk in that hat Right? <laughs> oh it's ned he's in costume Right. <laughs> you had me fooled
1: you had me fooled um yeah. so yeah so anyway yeah. so that was pretty fun um yeah and i definitely uh look forward to uh seeing what some of the
0: kids have out there on the street this
1: week mm-hmm. or tonight so um, yeah but yeah one
0: of my favorite trick-or-treaters ever was this tiny little boy who came to my parents front door and he was dressed up in this super elaborate henry the eighth costume uh-huh. but he was only like two and a half feet tall
1: that is amazing
0: <laughs> he was very cute
1: that's so funny <laughs>
0: Who did this? Like, who made this elaborate? Uh-huh. Like, it looked like something that... I mean, like, there's this theater here that's very renowned called the Guthrie, and they have a costume lab that at... at like halloween you can rent the costumes from their major productions yeah um for huge sums of money i'm sure yeah. but it looked like something that would have been used in like a very high-end stage play like it was really 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 well constructed oh that's cool <laughs> very detailed and he had yeah. tiny little tights on oh my god it was so cute
1: that's amazing
0: a little floppy hat with the feather yeah. and everything. And he looks like you know, like he's learning his little like two-door outfit. So he's got like, uh-huh. his, like this big round thing on two little like stick legs with tights. Oh god. It was adorable. I have to carve my pumpkin today. <gasps> that's what I have to do as soon as we're done. I need to carve my pumpkin. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's what you need to do. Time. Well, should we is of um, the should we then be done?
0: I guess so. We should sign off.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks what?
0: everybody for listening. Thanks. Thanks, happy Halloween. Thanks. Okay, bye.